Welcome to Brillante, the podcast with a French accent which gives a voice to women who move the lines. My name is Jeanne Dussartel, and between Zurich, where I live, and Paris, where I come from, my goal is to meet the sparkling, powerful, talented and inspiring women with atypical backgrounds and beautiful projects, to understand what drives them and makes them move forward. Discussions that I hope will encourage you to think outside the box, cross your boundaries, and develop your own brilliant projects. Rafaela Pirler is a photographer, artist, consultant, musician, certainly one of the most creative Zurich women I know. I think mostly it's about holding space as a photographer for you to feel safe. And I also always feel like making you feel comfortable also that I won't share your secrets to others. Rafaela makes natural, benevolent portraits with plays of light, delicacy and harmony. She works for fashion and advertising, but her speciality lies in portraying women. For the past four years, Rafaela Pirler has been working on Currency, her biggest artistic project that is so close to her heart. In this ongoing series of self-portraits, the artist uses fashion photography, which she knows so well, to challenge the notion of value. I find it always very good to try something new, especially as a grown-up, because we are so used to be good in something we do, and it completely puts us out of our comfort zone and makes us maybe see things in a different way or gives us another input. And that, that can be so freeing to be not good in something or be new somewhere. Or With her twin sister, Marisa Byrne, she created the House of Change, an institute dedicated to creativity and change. Together, they help companies, leaders and individuals to put creativity, authenticity and courage back at the heart of their journey. By drawing on their daily life as artists, their know-how and creativity, they help clients to question themselves, to face the unknown and to adapt to the evolution of our society. We can, like, work a lot of hours, of course, but this is not what is going to make us successful because there's going to be machines doing that. So we need to train our intuitions, our emotions. In this episode, Rafaela describes her passion for photography, her professional beginnings, her successes. But we also talk about her disappointments, the challenges she's facing as a freelancer, as well as her fears and uncertainties. In this deep discussion, Rafaela explains how she recently became an artist. She shares with me her poetic vision of the world and opens my eyes on what creativity can bring to our society. Finally, of course, we talk about women under status and we discuss about feminism. So don't waste a minute. Take a deep dive into Rafaela's creative universe Open your mind and let yourself be inspired by this beautiful conversation. So, dear Rafaela, first of all, I, I want to ask you, how do you pronounce your name? Pichler. Pichler, yes. Pichler. I mean, it's originally from Austria, so it's uh, Pichler, but like in Switzerland, we say Pichler. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for explaining. I'm delighted to talk to you today. Uh, thank you very much for welcoming me in this beautiful apartment. Thank you. We are in the Kreisfrei in Zurich, and it's a really charming and well-decorated apartment. Thank you for accepting my invitation also. I'm super happy to have you as part of the brilliant woman that uh, I am gathering around this podcast. So um, you are a photographer, a musician, an artist. You have uh, an amazing diversity of projects that are running. And uh, I'm happy to take the time now to talk about all this and to understand a bit more everything that you're doing. But to start with, I always like to ask the same question. What did you think of when you heard this name, Brillante? Do you have maybe an example of a sparkling woman around you, someone that you would like to, to talk about that inspires you in your daily life? Oh, that's very difficult. Uh, of course, I listened to your other podcasts and I thought, oh, who I'm gonna, going to say? But like Priyant, I think that's such a perfect name for women shining and sparkling with their inspiration and ideas. And there are so many. I mean, there's many close women to me, like my sister Marisa Burn. She's an artist and an activist. And she's for sure one of the most sparklish women I know. Also, Katrin Eckhart with her studio, Katrin Eckhart Studio. She's just, uh, yeah, a really sparkling woman. But there's there are so many others. Well, that's already two nice exa <laughs> two nice examples. Yeah, that we hear about many times here in Zurich. They are quite the sparkling uh, Zurich women, I would say. So I always like to start with the beginning. Yeah, you were born and raised in Switzerland, but I think it was not in Zurich. Yes, it was in a village close to Aarau. Aarau, yeah. Yes. And how was it to be born there and to be raised there? Yeah, how can I say this? It's always a bit difficult to say it not so negatively because I had like a nice childhood there. But me and my twin sister, especially, I also have another sister, but we always liked it when there was like something going on or a lot of people. And this just wasn't the case in the village. So, yeah, I was always very happy to go to the next Uh, little cities or even to Zurich which was so far away for me as a kid. So that was your goal to go to Zurich at some point? Yes also I did that then when I was 16. Okay is it maybe the reason maybe because you not so many things were happening there was it the reason why you kind of turned towards art because I heard that since very young you were already doing music photography dance was it coming from your parents education or was it just something that you discovered by yourself like the art yeah no like our parents like they didn't have anything to do with art it was just like how I was or how I was with my sister as well it was just the things that were so interesting to me and I also didn't think about it I just did it and then also ask my mother like since I was three let me go to ballet let me go to tap dance and Yeah, it was always like coming, I don't know from where, it was just inside of me. <laughs> That's super interesting. So you really, uh, since ever, you wanted to do this, you wanted to express yourself through art. Yeah, I mean, in this age, I never thought of expressing myself, you know, I just wanted to do it. Now, since I'm 
older, I think, of expressing myself, but then it was just what I wanted to do. It was music, dancing, nice clothes. Like I always knew exactly what I wanted to wear or how I wanted to have my hair or whatever. And how was it to, to be like this, to have such a kind of personality in, in this village? Yeah, I didn't like it so much because we were always like those the twins who are extravagant and whatever. And I so also never thought of it as something negative, but in a, in a village like that, it can be, can be a bit, how do I say that? Yeah. I was just really happy when I wasn't so exposed with that, when, when it just was normal. Yeah. The problem is in these small villages is maybe that people are kind of Uh, they know what other people are doing and they always look at what other people are doing and then you don't have this freedom in the, like like you could have in, in big, bigger cities. Right? Yeah, that's true. And also, like it's not, there were so many kind people, but it's just like this topic of expressing yourself the way you want. Why are you doing this, right? So, yeah, I think that's just something for people which is a bit difficult to get somehow, that you just like it and you don't want to get something out of it by dressing the way you want. But it's quite powerful, I think, to, even though it's not easy to kind of stick with your feelings, stick with your, you know, this energy that you had inside of you. Yeah, maybe it helped that it was the two of us, like Marisa, me, my twin sister. Yeah, like helping each other. Yeah, I don't think other. it was like helping. Like it was just so naturally for us to, to, to live that way. And of course also, yeah, there were also negative experiences we had with people but like you don't think yes now I'm gonna live like that I'm gonna dress like that you just do it right so but in the end you chose one way of expression when you were quite young with 14 years old you decided to become a photographer yeah I uh, don't know why actually <laughs> you don't know why I mean of course we had like this old camera from my father which he actually didn't use at this time and also we had this laboratory for doing like the prints and stuff and I just figured it out myself and was really nerdy sitting at home plastering the bathroom with black papers and stuff to do it myself and then I just had this image in my head I guess of being a photographer I mean I had no idea then what that really means that, that's interesting what way what were you expecting then and to what extent was it different to reality You know, this idea of being a photographer. I just liked it so much, capturing pictures or putting things together to make it nice or taking pictures of my friends and dressing them up and telling stories. But in the end, I didn't know what that would mean as a profession. And in the way, it was different to what I thought. Yeah, all the business stuff. I mean, when you're so young, you don't get to think of... How would someone find you and give you a job? It's completely different when someone books you for a job and he is telling you or she, we want to have these flowers next to that one and it has to be put in that frame and, you know, with like this. Then you have to execute. Yes. You're not creating yourself. Yeah. Also then digital photography was like... You couldn't use it at this time. It was 1994 when I decided to be a photographer. Like it took me some years. I also had to go to school. Then I started an apprenticeship in 1998. And still like everything was 
like films and going through chemicals and stuff and like the profession was quite different than it is now you don't mm. have like this laboratory moments yeah it's really different from now yeah you don't have this maybe physical experiment anymore exactly and how did you adapt to this because in the end you started your career at the moment when it kind of shifted yeah i had to say like it's in 1998 there was digital photography but you couldn't use it two eyes were just like two white pixels right mm -hmm. there it wasn't more than this it was like really crappy quality and was really expensive but then in 2003 already we did everything with those digital bags with maybe 30 million megapixels and stuff but still it was very expensive but i think it was very nice at the time where i was doing my apprenticeship with a photographer he changed from analog to digital and i got very lucky that i could really exper transform experience this. with him yes so i'm actually native in both ways of of doing photography yeah. yeah so you didn't really go to a photography school i mean in zurich i mean in switzerland we have this apprenticeship which is a lire we say yeah. and you could do it as a photographer you can't do it now i guess And then you were just working with a photographer, with a fashion photographer, or a advertising photographer, and you go to school two days a week. So this okay. is the kind of education, which is, I think, quite unique in Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I confirm, I, at least in, in, in France, it's, it's not the same. It's not seen the same way also. But would you recommend, if someone was uh, wanted to become a photographer now, would you recommend the same path than you did? Yeah, I mean, I, I got very lucky that I did it like this because like I did two apprenticeships. I have like two diplomas from two photographical jobs. And yeah, I mean, you get to know all the technical stuff, like optical stuff and yeah. electronical and also chemicals. Like, yeah, in 1998, you had to know a lot about chemicals as well. And then also you had like the really practical yeah, you really experiences. know how to do it yeah. with clients with uh, exactly yeah. you have been on jobs like as you you are just the assistant of a photographer then and this is i think where you learn the most there is not this disconnection that happens really often you know you go out of your masters and then you realize that you've never been into the company that you were kind of dreaming of but you're already 25 years old <laughs> <And> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, there is different ways. Also, like if you are going to an art school and study photography, it's a completely different approach because it's more about the conceptual way of using photography as it is the way I was doing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. depending on what you're going to do afterwards. And so how did you start your career? As a photographer, you mean? Yeah. I think I was 22 when I finished it and then I was self-employed because there was no other option. Like there were a few jobs at some magazines, but I wasn't interested in that. So Why? Did you already want some kind of freedom or what was it exactly? Or yeah. diversity in your work maybe? I have worked already six years then as an assistant mm -hmm. and I just wanted to be on my own and 
decide for myself for which photographer I want to work. So I started working myself, but also started to work as an assistant for other photographers as a freelance assistant. And at the time you were working also mostly for, I thought, for fashion editorials and yeah, commercials like this, maybe yeah. also for companies. Mostly for advertising in the beginning. When I started doing my own work, I started mostly with uh, advertising stuff, also for magazines. But in that time, there weren't so many young people shooting still life. And I did that. I mean, I did everything in the beginning. So I think because of that, it got really easy for me to get the jobs in the beginning. What, what do you mean by still life? We say still life in photography when it's only like pictures with no people on it. Okay. So like taking pictures of cosmetics or food or whatever. Books or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was just my way into the magazines and to the advertising companies in the beginning. But I, I never thought of doing it as my profession. I just did it for jobs, but mostly then I turned into direction of shooting people. Okay, so that was more to kind of make money, but but shooting people was the most interesting part for you. Yes, always, yeah. I mean, my aim was always to shoot people, but I think because I could also shoot still life, like in those days you had to know certain things about it to do it properly. So that was like my... Yeah. Going into the world of getting to know the people and then saying, no, I, I would love to do also the people shootings, which yeah. there were so many more photographers who wanted to do those things. I'm wondering, to what extent is photography an art for you? That's very difficult. I think photography is just a media to cover art, maybe. Not sure if I'm happy with that hearing it after two weeks or so in the podcast but yeah I think at the end photography is just uh, the media to transform like a moment into something which you can conserve somehow in my opinion it's more like it depends on what kind of photograph you're making if you're doing something where you don't have the power of creating by yourself you know of deciding what you really want Uh, versus if you are just deciding exactly how you want to create this. Uh, in photography, you yeah. mean? I never saw myself as an artist when I was young. Now I see myself as an artist because I think the interesting things about my photogra photography is what I perceive or what I want to tell and not especially what the camera is capturing. But also like my view on the world is what makes it art. And it also makes it art when you're documenting stuff. Like if you can't put the things together yourself, but it's always your view on the things and you're capturing this moment, which you want to also transport to other people. So I think photography is an art, but I think the photography is also only the medium for for the art. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to bring something else kind of to the medium. To make it art. Yeah, it's like like maybe the painting brush or yeah. whatever. But yeah, this is I think this can also always change like how you think of things like that. Well I actually I wanted to, to ask you how had your conception of the job as a photographer evolved over time? 
I think you kind of answered, it, it became an art in your eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, I was always like doing it now for 20 years. I always had moments where I wanted to leave this kind of environment or whatever it was, but I then always took some time off, but got back to the to the photography because it's just such an interesting media for me because I am so used to use a camera or whatever it is. I can make it so easily my own and make make it help me to transport something which is interesting for me. And what do you like to photograph the most at the moment? At the moment, I think currency, my project is something which is really inspiring for me because it takes me, it keeps me alive somehow, like, and also working a lot myself on that is really nice. But I always love to take portraits of mostly, I have to say, women. I'm just very inspired by women. Yeah, I'm, I mean, these are two <laughs> topics that I wanted to talk to you about. Of course, uh, we are going to talk about currency and you are going to explain everything about it just after. But um, yes, when you when I look at your portfolio now, I mean, uh, at all the pictures that you have on your website, there is mostly women. I was wondering, why is it like, is, is it by coincidence or is it because you are really surrounded by women or, or you want actually to portrait women? Yeah, I think now... I also get jobs to shoot men, of course, but I think my expertise lies in portraying women. I'm just very interested in women. I mean, I love men, but like I'm always so inspired by women. They're just so beautiful and I don't know, it's just so interesting for me. Also, I think maybe it's very different from women to women or from men to women or men to men, like how you take a picture. And for me, what I want to capture, there's just nothing in between us, like me and my model. You really want kind of a, an intimacy to create some kind of intimate exactly. atmosphere. With a man, I can't handle it so good, like creating this intimacy. Like maybe also I got so many confusing or strange situations anyway with men, taking pictures as a woman. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to do with that. But I think it's just like a really natural interest in women and the beauty. And I am a woman as well. And it's just a fascinating topic for me. Yeah. And this, this uh, confusion that can happen. I mean, we know we've heard about all these, all these photographers, these men photographing women, young women, and all these sexual harassments and, and everything. So I guess it can be this confusion whenever there is a someone from another sex in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe others are completely uh, or they're really looking for that moment as well. I'm really not interested in that kind of attracting or being attracted to someone moment. I just want to have like this raw beauty. Yeah. And I find this is for me the easiest way to get that with women. When do you know, actually, when a portrait is perfect? I think like four years ago, I started a project, Come As You Are, when I invited several women to my place. And we just took pictures, like just two people in the room, because I wanted to find out what does it really take? Does it take like a huge 
group of people standing behind someone to make it look like a very nice picture or also to find out when is the moment when like if I would take a picture of you what does it need that you feel yourself completely free and safe that I can make a picture of you where you think of yourself as captured in your right but most beautiful way you know what I mean yeah and I just made this series to find it out and it's so special it's really yeah for me I think the portrait is good when it's some kind of if I would take a picture of you like you think yourself is like really captured in this picture and I also think I captured you how I felt you I think mostly it's about holding space as a photographer for you to feel safe and I also always feel like making you feel comfortable also that I won't share your secrets to others you know what I mean like most of the people I experienced are so scared of cameras because they don't have control over what I'm gonna take from you mm -hmm. so what I found out for me is mostly to make sure you feel safe also it's involves as well as I'm sharing some part of you some part so. of me yes so that like you and I we put some parts of ourselves in the pot and then like we do it like that so it has to be like on eye level otherwise it's really not what I'm interested in I know several photographers who like to play with making people feel uncomfortable because they also get to see something which is interesting which is really not what the I believe in work. or what I want to show in someone. Yeah. Well, it works because indeed all the women that you have on your website, at least, are really beautiful. Well, they seem all really beautiful. So it, it works. Yes. And I also find it so, you know, everyone is just so beautiful. Sounds a bit cheesy, but really it's just like, this is also what I really like in this job. Actually, at the end, it's just, I'm helping you to see as a photographer, I'm just good in seeing, right? I'm just good in observing light and form and everything. But I'm just like putting everything together for you that you see it as well. So this is mostly very nice when people say, oh, oh, I like myself on that picture. I find that very... Yes, I understand. Yeah. It's not so... I mean, for myself, it's not so easy to find a nice photography. <laughs> so I understand that it's... Yeah, it must be a compliment. So let's talk about your your project currency. I think it's one of your biggest projects that you have for yourself for the last four years, right? Uh, can you explain us what is it to someone that hasn't been, uh, that doesn't know at all about this project? Can you explain it in yeah, a few words? I hope I can explain it. Maybe you have to help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, currency is a project which challenges questions about value and worth and how we value things and I express it to a magazine which comes out every week and it's always only the cover page and I'm on the cover of this page in a completely different look or character or whatever and I do everything by myself I make my makeup I do my clothes I do my hair I do of course the set and stuff And the photography, yeah, I capture myself in very different characters. Yeah, the first time I saw your, your Instagram account, 
I was not sure if it was only the same person. <laughs> it's quite impressive how you transform yourself, how you, you really make a transformation every time and you create these magazines. It really looks real. And I, I didn't know that you also have a physical, actually, magazine. Yeah, the piece of art is at the end, like the magazine, there's only one of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm using just this language, which I'm very used to, like this commercial fashion magazine language to then talk about things which are in my head at the moment or in the world or whatever. But in the beginning, it was mostly because I was very tired and also sad about the situation in the market for me as a photographer, when like the media houses and... Also, a lot of clients, they booked you, but they didn't pay paid you. you money for your work. So it got more and more. I got paid with clothes or with creams or whatever. And I worked a lot. And also like... The so did it become more and more challenging as a photographer yes, over the years? It, it got much more challenging. Even though I was working a lot and also I had good jobs. Yeah, it was very difficult to pay my rent and stuff. But I had like expensive creams or yeah. nice jumpers or whatever and till it got to the moment where there were several difficult situations with clients which also mostly led to an unhappy ending because it's very difficult if you don't get paid properly it's mostly not an You cannot work the, the same way when you don't get paid properly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's uh, in the last podcast with uh, Viz Bradby, we're talking about this, like how important it is to just be valued for what you do. Otherwise, exactly. you just cannot work the same way and you cannot put the same effort. Yeah, you cannot put yourself into, into the job the same way. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, everybody was doing it. And also, I always explain it like with this elevator situation like you push the button for the elevator and you wait and wait and wait and it, the elevator is not coming and you but you don't take the stairs because you, you think you know, now I just waited for 30 seconds and then you wait and wait and wait and you take the stairs no I don't take the stairs because I already waited one minute and it's yeah. like I always explain I it like this because Yeah, you always think, yeah, but now I did that already. Now I want to do it also like very good if I do it for nothing or whatever. And then at the end, I got booked for a, a big magazine. And yeah, at the end, it was horrible. They didn't want to pay me because they said, but we're going to write your name on it and stuff. And yeah, it was like the top point of yeah. all these uh, situations, which also kind of broke me somehow. But then really brought me closer to that question, what is the worth of my work or the value of my work is the value only if it's like uh, featured in another magazine, is it only worth something when my name is on it or could I also write my name on a wall and it would be... And get paid for this or, or get whatever. money for yeah. this? There were so many questions about value or yeah, if you don't get money for the work you do, you have to get so much other out of it, which makes you confused at the end, right? You were saying that there is more and more challenges in this uh, photography world and media world in general. I'm aware of it. <laughs> um, do you think also it, it, it goes with the fact that everyone is now making pictures, everyone is on social media, or is it something completely different? I don't think that this is the cause. I think it's more the problem of 
holding on old old stuff as media just try to earn the money the same way you did it before like with yeah. with advertising or stuff not evolving in there yeah yeah commercial uh, side and, and and i think at the end it's only like the photo photographers and illustrators and whoever is not really in the building of the media sitting on top who gets to experience it first that there is a lack of money Business or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah i think it's just not a system which is working anymore but there are so many other places where you can earn money now It's just like change to other channels somehow, maybe smaller channels or maybe yeah. more to direct clients or. Yeah. yeah. So this currency that you created because of this kind of uh, the connection with the, what was happening on the media industry, I guess that it was not paid. You got no money for this then? No, no, this is completely free of anyone else. This is only my Was it the first time project. that you did such a thing? I mean, I always did free projects as well, but like never a project which was which was so close to my heart and also an ongoing project like this. I never had it. Also, I said to myself, I have to do it 52 weeks. Yeah, that's a lot. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I think I would have stopped doing it after four weeks. So every single week you do it or you do yeah. two sometimes at, in a row for to have holidays or... I did everything in the beginning I did it every week then also I took it with me on vacation like all my stuff but then also sometimes when I got to some places where I couldn't do it I produced it in, in advance or whatever but also during corona I couldn't produce every week that was the first like during the lockdown now with COVID I just had to do so many other things with like organizing and rescheduling and also being just scared of all the jobs I lost or whatever like it was just not a time which I which I felt myself very creative has it been difficult for you this time financially also and yes yes it was very difficult I mean for all my artist friends or creative friends was very difficult because yeah mostly most photographers I know like you get booked now for a job which is next week could be also like in three weeks or in four weeks but so it's the jobs which got cancelled mm -hmm. because of uh, COVID but also I think the worst was like the jobs which didn't even get to you because mm -hmm. everything was closed so yeah it was very yeah. difficult and also all the workshop stuff like from big companies they just got cancelled for the whole year and you have to get yourself together somehow and To not go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And to find other paths. Well, to find other paths, it's also something that you, that you are quite good at because you're not only a photographer, but you have also other projects, especially with your sister. You have, for instance, this house of change, which is kind of a consultancy company in which you push companies and individuals to be more creative in their daily life. I find it quite interesting to see how you managed to diversify your activities was it something that you needed to do because of financial reasons or something that you felt that it was going to bring you something new in your creativity in your own creativity I think it's the same as it was with like photography for me it was just cooking inside of us like we worked with so many different companies both of us and so many different peoples and we just realized that there's always the same 
same problems in different clothes somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and then... What are the problems? I think mostly, most problems in a private life is feeling unfree, like mm-hmm. feeling... Stuck. Stuck somewhere with companies, but also with in- individuals. It's the lack of authenticity, I guess, or vision, or maybe also creativity and also courage. So we just found out that it's very difficult to adapt to the new times or also to digitalization if you're not authentic or like you can use all those channels of course and put like whatever messages out but if it doesn't uh, but really it doesn't reflect what you are yeah if you don't know who you are or which people do you want to talk to or what is really your mission or whatever it can be very confusing But we just found out that we, as artists, we already go this way. We have some kind of vision or whatever. Even and, and you also challenge yourself all the time. Exactly. And it's so just normal as an artist. It's not going to be right from the beginning, right? You're so used to fail. You're so used to, like... Think of making a pictures with a with a woman with a red hat, but you end up with a a picture with a woman sitting on a stone, and it's not wrong. You just start it in one direction, and you end up wherever it leads you to be the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And yeah. this is what we found out that we can help people understand that process better, and also find out more what you really want. With House of Change, it's mostly about questions around how do I want to live and how do I want to work? We don't tell you what to do. It's just that we are so used to going directions just because of going and not because of knowing Yeah, that with our methods that we can help people maybe find out themselves or also companies. And also it's a lot of translation, what the time now and zeitgeist really means. Do you have examples, concrete examples of clients that have been changing their way or really being helped by what you've done together? Yeah, I mean, the people we work with now, it's mostly the same issues of feeling or lacking the sense of freedom. Is it mostly companies or individuals? It's both. It's difficult to say. Also, because we don't talk about our clients. And you don't talk about no. them. You I cannot mean, tell me one success story that was... I mean, I, I can talk about stories, but I couldn't say exactly what it was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's mostly on a company side, it's a lot of translation for us. Translation mm-hmm. and inspiration that mm-hmm. we somehow help them finding back to creating an environment where you cultivate an environment as well also it does it has to do a lot with leadership also mm-hmm. like all the terms which get used a lot at the moment like new work or experience or mm-hmm. community and stuff we try to translate those words into a really organical thing like what does it really mean i have to say when i was first trying to understand the project uh, this house of change i was wondering how Where did your legitimacy come from to become kind of a consultant for external companies or individuals? But there is one thing that I admire a lot about artists is that 
it's it's really not so often that that people are in a situation where they just show their work like everyone can see their work every single time that they are doing or producing something you know you when you are doing a photography everyone can see it it's not like something that's hidden in a corner of a, or in a dark room in a company that is too big to even know your name so it's always out and people can have an eye on it and i think this is really demanding a lot of courage yeah and i think i mean we talk a lot about legitimacy it's so difficult yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah. actually it's not important if you want to do create things or whatever it's not important who likes it or not it's not about liking or not liking or it's not about judging yes but you need this kind of legitimacy in the beginning when you create such a project when you have uh, such a responsibility you need you need the first clients to just trust you how yeah. do you do to do this when you are yeah i think it's yeah maybe you can also see it the other way around it's mostly because of what you do you get clients yeah so i think it's this this way or this is through inspiration and also through our experience with so many fields. We worked with so many different companies as artists and photographers and Marisa as consultant and designer and, and as artists ourselves. We really concentrate on those having courage to do something or just like there's so many things we don't know. And as an artist, you can handle those situations that you don't know the things you don't know. Because mm -hmm. there's also the things the things we know we don't know mm -hmm. and the things we don't know we don't know, you know. The unknown unknown is it. Yeah. Like yeah. there's uh, uh, several different people who talk about the unknown unknown. And yeah, I think if you really want to innovate or really want to go into a new direction as a company or as an individual, these are the, the skills you have to train now because we can like work a lot of hours of course but this is not what is gonna make us successful because yeah. there's going to be machines doing that so we need to train our intuitions our emotions we need to train yeah the human skills yeah 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 it's really basic but as an artist you you have all those skills like even Inside of that you. you don't know you have it What do you like the most about this job that you're doing there? I like people. I like hearing stories and I like to focus on people and on their stories. And also, since I experienced myself a lot in my life already, it's also nice to help people grow or inspire them. I mean, it's not, it's not Marisa and me in general inspiring people. It's also like just... Uh, connecting them with other inspiring projects or whatever. It's just like some huge melting pot where you can create a better world. It sounds a bit cheesy, but that, at the end, it's what me and Marisa are believing in. It's like the world we're living in is the world we are creating. It's definitely inspiring and it's quite impressive how, yes, how it is diverse and how you dare to do different things. Because it, when you say connecting people, you really do it concretely. You organize workshops. You've been organizing these garden talks just last weekend, just giving a voice to interesting women, inspiring women for your community to listen to them. Yeah, I think that this is so important for us. Like it's very easy to talk about those 
words and making CAS or our, like those courses on mm -hmm. universities and stuff, which is important as well. Mm -hmm. But it's still very, from my point of view, it's very unorganic somehow. And I really believe in changing things by inspiration. And it, I think it doesn't get better as if we are talking together and I can hear your story and I get inspired because you are really here and, and I could feel your energy as well. And I think this is, uh, yeah, just so important that we really get to know those, those people who also got through challenges. They also, it also takes some courage to do things, or maybe there is a person, she doesn't need courage at all because she's just a person, but it's also very important to hear that, that we are all yeah. different kind of people. And there's so many, many ways of doing things. And I think, that's just really important and also creating and cultivating a world which is or a space which is just positive and free and also we talk a lot about holding space as especially for leaders in companies and stuff like this is what you have to do you have to hold space for your people that they can express themselves in the best way yeah not only have work uh, from from 8 to 12 and uh, and have no time for themselves Exactly. And then also we have like very interesting formats, which are like the workshops, like the creative community think tank, which we are organizing, where we give people all the artistic stuff mm -hmm. like they can use and they don't get no introduction or whatever. There is no wrong or right. And then we're going to ask a question and then everybody is building their creation of whatever they think about and afterwards we have a conversation with each other and it, it gets so deep with everyone even though people don't know each other because the room is so free of judgment because you can say everything you want or you can build everything you want you don't have to paint nicely or whatever that gives people really this freedom to also get to their thoughts through making art What do you recommend to people that are not making art in the daily life? Myself, for instance, I'm not painting or singing or whatever. To what extent is it important for everyone to take this time to create something? How should we do? Yeah, I think most important is this state of being creative. This is what we want to achieve with people. This is like you can't be anywhere else but there. And this is so fascinating and also has this much power. And I think you can have it like in very, like you don't need to paint or you don't need to make a sculpture or sing or whatever. This is just really like the maybe easier life. topics to really feel it. Like, yeah. But you can also try to observe three things in a day and then which you like really look at it like this glass is round and it has like a thin rim here or whatever like being more being observative. more observative but also trying to find out what you would like to do because mm -hmm. there are so many definitions we give ourselves like i'm not a painter i'm not creative i can't cook i can't do this or that i think at the beginning it's mostly giving yourself the freedom of doing the things just because of doing not because of being good at it yeah so i find it always very good to try something new especially as a grown-up because we are so used to be good in something we do and it completely puts us out of our comfort zone mm -hmm. and makes us maybe see things in a different way or gives us another input and that, that can be so freeing to be 
not good in something or be new somewhere or I think this is also why people do like to travel so much right I mean that's what we were talking about just before recording like I was saying just do one thing that scares you I'm trying to implement <laughs> this and it's yeah you start to think in a different way indeed and that's that's really powerful Um, I wanted to to talk about the fact that you have a twin sister and that you're working with her, we understood. Of course, I'm very interested about this topic because I do have a twin sister myself. Um, has it been always easy for you? I mean, has it been always obvious for you to work with her? And to what extent is she a good associate? What is a good associate for you? No, like... We never thought of really working together. We really wanted to emancipate from each other. For a long time, of course, we had like projects together always, like also music. We did mostly always together. Yeah, it's also very easy for us, especially doing backing vocals or whatever. We we are so used to each other that it's very easy for us to do the same things or, or mm -hmm. whatever. But we never liked it to be... It was always like, oh, she's more beautiful, but she's maybe yeah, more... I know this. <laughs> more whatever else. Like, it was just not nice. Being compared. And Being compared, yeah. Yeah. So maybe this was always because we wanted to be ourselves, but we always try to help each other in our businesses. And even though we, as a photographer, it wasn't ever Marisa's business, but she was always into some extent involved in my work because we are... Because you're sharing so you're much doing. together, yes, yeah. exactly. And also, uh, I guess there is this free speech. This, uh, yeah, no. exactly. You know that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know that. With my twin sister, I, I say whatever I want to say, and it's sometimes not so nice, but I'm always saying the truth. Exactly. Yeah. That's really powerful. It's not always easy, but that's really powerful, I guess, yeah. to make a business with someone with who you are so free. Yeah. Right. That's true. But then I, I don't know, it came really organically that we both thought all these authenticity, courage and creativity things. We talked about it so much. Yeah, it was just an open conversation for us. How could one change it? And then it got like, it was very natural that we said we, we have to make something out of that. But it took us four years. I think we worked four years on it. Before we really a, launched it, yeah. To find a good format, so yes. what you could really bring. Exactly. And it's still like... Evolving. It, yes. Yeah. And there are so many different projects inside of it, I, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We've been speaking about it a bit. You've always been independent. Have you ever been thinking, okay, that's too complicated, too difficult for me? I want to have a safe job in a company. I want to be paid every month. How is it for you? I always had those thoughts. <laughs> uh -huh. I always have it, yeah. I mean, I'm now since, like, it's 18 years or so since I'm working as independent. And, like, when work came in, like, very easily and I earned a lot of money, even then I had those fears of what would I do if there were no jobs coming anymore? Also, you can't control it. Like, of course, you can go and show your book or talk to people and stuff, but... At the end, you can't control who really thinks of you at the moment when a project is on the table, which would fit you. Yeah, you have to be very open to all sides where yeah. the job is coming from. So that always scared me till now. But I always have to like talk to myself and say, yeah, now you're working for so long. And somehow 
it always worked out. But I'm really not the person who is easy with those things. Was it a strategy of yours then to diversify your activities like this? No, it wasn't a strategy. I'm really not a strategic person. <laughs> I'm just doing things. Because uh -huh. also, yeah. But it's quite clever. I mean, <laughs> for, for sure being uh, able to assist big companies. I mean, you, I, I guess you're more safe like this. Yeah, I'm not so sure about safety. I think it's a very personal thing what makes you feel safe yeah. for me it was always I just go the way which seems right or makes sense for me yeah like purpose it was always a really I can't do it without it if I want to make music I want to make music if I want to take pictures I want to take pictures or yeah it sounds like I'm a really courageous woman which I don't think I am you know I think I'm just Maurice and me, we always just did things. And then we came to a point when, it, when we thought, oh shit, now we have to... Make money. Or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And actually, the thing with fear is always it's not true, right? So I accepted that part, you know, that I always have this fear that no one would ever book me again or whatever. It's just something... That is irrational. Yeah, and that's, somehow. Yeah. And I have to accept it, but it's not true, so... So as you've been mentioning, you are also doing music. You are also, you are doing many things. You're also painting. Painting, uh, I'm not doing painting. This is only my sister. Only your sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to paint. But I, <laughs> that's, for I, next, I, next <laughs> that's for our next project. Um, anyways, you are doing many different things. And uh, I was wondering, how do you organize yourself? How do you do? Do you have a kind of a schedule or is it really I am free? not organized. It's very organic, but this is, I think also, this is why I don't have like the the classical studio anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have that anymore because I wanted to have everything together that I can like, if I don't want to work at the computer, I'm going to sit with the guitar and, and practice a bit, or I'm going to yoga or I do yoga at home. And yeah, I think it's like having this freedom of doing the things when they want to be done somehow mm -hmm. I mean of course I have to especially when I get booked for an advertising campaign or a magazine or also with clients of course I have then the schedule I made my appointments or I have deadlines or whatever but I think for me to work creative is that freedom of also disturbing myself a bit mm -hmm. now you were explaining to me that you're working from home It's not really easy, I guess, to stay creative in your home place. How do you kind of make sure that you are in a creative environment? Yeah, for me, I mean, the creative environment is my life. Everything in my life has this energy on it. There is not one space in this room which is not filled this way somehow. Mm -hmm. But staying creative, I mean, anyway... No state is ever constant. It's sometimes you have days you you are not inspired at all, and then on some day it's just whoops and everything just comes out. But I think it's a lot of just sitting out, also the bad moments. But also, like you have to. For me, of course, I look that I also meet people outdoors, and but when I work, I mostly like to work on my own. But it wasn't always like this. 
I couldn't imagine working like this 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I would hate it. Yeah, it's evolving. About working with other people, how did you do to create your network? Is it something that you're thinking of? Is it something natural? We've been speaking about women and that you like to photograph women. And I always like to also ask about this sorority concept. What do you think of this, uh, you know, this network of women, this help that women should give each other? Is it something that you exper experiment every day in your, in your daily work? Yes, I think so. But also I think if you, like you always get what you yourself also give out, right? Yeah. And yeah, for me, as I told you before, I'm just so fascinated by so many women and I, I don't hold myself back in cheering them up or like talking to all the other people and say, hey, look at her. She's amazing. Have you know her? Or yeah. it's just something which is very natural for me. And yeah, I think... Has it been helping you? Do you think it's something that helps you in the daily life? Yeah. I to connect people like this and to... Yeah, I think this is just who I am also as a photographer. Like I get booked because I am who I am mostly. Yeah. And I guess must be also this part of me that I'm just really like appreciating a lot of things. And also if you've done a lot of different projects yourself as well, you know what people are going through to do something. It takes a lot. And yeah, I think I also experience it a lot. And there's also, I think in Zurich, there's so many nice women. And anyways, I don't believe in those girl fighting mm -hmm bad women thing I never experienced it but also I just don't want it to be true because it's not true so there's always people you don't like or people who won't like you because they just decided yeah it doesn't make generalities yeah no I get fascinated a lot by other women and I also like them to shine do you describe yourself as a feminist yes <laughs> <laughs> And how do you do every day to be a feminist? I don't know. I think if you really think of equality as a main quality in life, you have to be a feminist. It doesn't go any other way, right? And I think when I, when I was younger, I didn't got this feminist thing. I thought, yeah, but we want to be all the same. Mm -hmm. And I still think that we all want to be the same and it doesn't matter if you're female, male or any, any other gender, sex or gender or whatever, or also skin color or whatever. But now is still, we are still in the state of not being equal. So there's a lot of work to do and I'm happy to help with that. <laughs> we are coming to an end of the podcast. It's already quite a long time uh, i'm going to finish with a few questions first of all do you have an exciting project that's coming yes we're planning again uh, our second festival in january we had uh -huh. the first one this january and it's going to be the whole january it's called room of change 2021 and there's going to be a lot of speeches and talks and workshops and i'm very excited in the house it. of change yes did you have a really hard time in your life something yes. that has been really difficult many but i think that's quite difficult to to say i think it's mostly coming out of difficult situation is mostly like trying to concentrate on yourself and on the world and on gratitude and on 
nice people around you. Mm-hmm. If you were a man for 24 hours, what would you do? A man? Oh, what would I do? Like, of course, I would do all the, like, body stuff. I would, like, uh, <laughs> practice every, like, a lot of sports or whatever. Like, everything, I would try out every body part. And, yeah, I would just, like, experience, like, a normal day of a man. Or, like, making decisions would be also interesting. How they think. Yeah. <laughs> do you have something that is inspiring you recently? A book, uh, something you saw, movie, or... Yes, I have many inspiring things always. There's a lot of podcasts I listen to a lot. I love the Astropod from Alexander from, Schlie- from Schlieffen, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which comes out, I think, every Monday. Also, put the link. I will. I yeah, will that would be great. Put the, put the link. Yeah. Also, I already told you I was. I got very inspired by the conversation of you and uh, Sineb Hatab. Yes, yeah, from Clean Restaurant. That was really inspiring to me. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so many. What are you proud of? Hmm, proud. I I never feel proud on something. I think it's more gratitude about things like. I'm very grateful living in Switzerland and having experienced so many different things in my life, got to know so many interesting people, living on a wonderful planet, having the freedom of walking the streets. Where do you go when you want to escape to change your mind? (laughs) Yeah, that's difficult. Mostly I want to escape like really fast and then I want to go somewhere very far, which is not possible at the moment. Uh So, but yeah, I love nature also since we're living now really close to the lake. This is, I like a lot and also the park is really close. So mostly I would decide to go to nature. And finally, who would you like to listen to in this podcast? Oh, many. Yeah, of course, I would love to listen to the women I told you before. Your sister? Yeah, even though I talk so much with her, it's mostly so, it's always very exciting to hear her answer questions from other people. Also, Katrin Eckhart has a very inspiring life. Then there's so many others. I'm, I'm going to have to make you a list. That's nice. <laughs> I will take. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to listen to your stories. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you. That's it. Our discussion is over. I hope you've enjoyed it. To help me grow brilliant, feel free to rate this podcast with five stars, add a nice comment and share it around you with your friends, family and colleagues. It's precious. And as Rafaela recommends, don't forget to dare to try new things and to get out of your comfort zone. A bientôt sur Brillante.